How are you doing? Good. I've, I've not been on here for a while. It was Courtney last week. I was going to say, it's good to have you back. I was working out. The last episode we did was the Avengers um, episode with Lauren. Gosh, yeah. What was that, like a month yeah. ago? That has to have uh, been about a month ago. I was going to say, because Avengers has been out for like a month now, which feels crazy. I haven't been to see it again, which is I'm quite shocked at, because all the others I've been... I went to the cinema to see a few times. Oh, yeah. But I can't do it at this one. I'm not sure I've ever been to the cinema to see a movie twice. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. I've done it loads of times. I don't think I've ever done that. The first time I did it was Hairspray. Oh, yeah. I loved Hairspray so much, I had to see it twice. That was good. And then I think I saw... I saw The Dark Knight twice. I saw The Dark Knight Rises twice. Oh, yeah. I saw Jurassic Park twice. I saw... I really got Jurassic Park and Jurassic World confused in my head. Oh, Jurassic for a World! Yeah, oh, I was like your... three when Jurassic Park came out. My, we couldn't afford the cinema. Um, <laughs> Jurassic World. I remember when Jurassic Park came out, or Jurassic Park two or three came out. And we were on holiday, yeah. and like there were just dinosaurs everywhere, and it was so cool. And I remember getting like a Burger King, and you got like a dinosaur in like their version of the Happy Meal. It was the most amazing thing. But I didn't get to sit till much older. Um, yeah, you should go to the cinema twice a lot. Mm, yeah, yeah, I've never been. Yeah. No, but no, I I don't know why. I just I don't really want to see Endgame again because I just have a lot of feelings and it's, you know... Yeah, I feel you. I'm not hard. over it yet. Like, I'm not over no. the sadness yet. It's crazy. I don't... I'm trying to think if I've seen any... anything recent twice... I almost went to see Moonlight twice, but because it was so indie, it stopped playing by the time I wanted to go see it the second time, which was really annoying. I used to have to see films twice because Scott hadn't seen them, and then they'd Uh, become really popular. Yeah. And he was like, oh, actually, I will go see that. And I'm like, funny that, that you were, that I told you it was going to be quite good and you didn't want to see it, and now that a bunch of critics online have told you it was going to be good, and now you're like, oh, let's go see Moonlight. Sorry. I do want to... I'm waiting for, like, Interstellar to come and do... You know how they play old films again? They did this thing, so like, waiting. one year. I don't know if they, it's, like, a regular thing, but Cineworld did, like, an IMAX festival oh, where nice. they replayed, like, four films or something. That's um, cool. But this is why I miss living in London, because you've obviously got Prince Charles and the BFI yeah. that play old movies. And, yeah. oh, God, I just miss being near that. I mean, I think Tyneside Cinema up here in Newcastle does it sometimes, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Newcastle, famous for recently throwing a milkshake over Nigel Farage. I did see that. I was a fan. I'm yeah. a big... Yeah, big Newcastle fan this week. What made me laugh was that they... Did they stop selling milkshakes in local McDonald's and things like that? I think so, but didn't Burger King tweet something about how... I feel like both... <laughs> How can you? How can you just? How can you stop can selling you milkshakes stop? because one person got hit with a milkshake? That's ridiculous, right? Can you imagine if Americans did that with guns? <laughs> oh, oh, girl! I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that. You're not because we spoke about that the last episode oh, as well. Oh, yeah, you did. You did, and so... you were fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> just gonna ignore my inbox for the next week. <laughs> before um, but yeah, so I mean. How was your weekend? Because I was, went down to... Sorry, I just did that thing where I asked you how your weekend was and then started talking about my weekend. Yours like, people so at work do that to me all the time. Do so that was first, so man. rude. You go on. Are you sure? Yeah, go ahead. So, like, I went home this weekend for the first time in about four months. 
Yeah. And, well, first of all, I stayed in London because I was working in London, mm-hmm. which was really good. And I had, I felt like I had a really good sea break to myself. Like, I went to... Um, nice. Met up, met up with you for Dins, which yes, was delicious. Uh, I met with some other friends as well, which was great. Um, I went to the Stanley Kubrick exhibition at yeah, the Design Museum. Yeah, so you Museum. got a ticket in the end. That's really cool. Oh, my God. Yeah, so basically a meeting got cancelled and I managed to kind of reschedule my day and get a last-minute ticket. I turned up and I was like, look, I booked this last-minute ticket, but it's for, like, 5 o'clock. Is there any chance I can come in right now? And she was like, walk around for 15 minutes and then come back. I feel like I was doing a drug deal. It was very weird. <laughs> so... It was, honestly, it was an incredible exhibition. I was in there for two hours. I'm never Ooh. in exhibitions for, two, for, for, for that long. Nice. But it was just so interesting. And I left feeling really inspired and really, mm-hmm. like, motivated to just do film stuff and reminded myself that this is what I want to do for, like, the rest of my life. So yeah. I was really thankful for that. It was just brilliant. And I just, I just think it's great how they put these things together and how there's so many, like original props they were using and like it just the, whoever curated it has done an incredible job so please go down there if you can get to it nice yeah i'm gonna but, do my oh best. my god the gift shop i could have literally spent my mortgage in there it was <laughs> insane i ended up leaving with a one pound postcard and that okay. was sensible so you know it's all good that's all good um but other than that when i went to like my hometown it for the first time i didn't feel like i was at home Oh, weird. Yeah, it was like I was visiting and I felt like I was visiting. Um, So, yeah, there was that. I I didn't even want to leave my hotel room because I felt quite anxious. Oh, no. Yeah, it was was weird, but it was good. But I'm home and I'm I'm, I'm happy to be home. Good. good. I'm happy you're home too, even though it means you're now so far away from me. By the way, you guys, that dinner that we had on Friday was the first time that we'd met in person first time ever so yeah you wouldn't think that because we have such great chemistry huh we do um we do chemistry between us is so high people always tell me that like when people listen to the show they'll be like you and karis have great chemistry and i'm like we do we do we do but we've never met you do it's and like it's one of the things you're like oh if we meet will the chemistry drop like yeah we not like but i don't know about you but like what i found is that with some people i've met like some friends i've met online you meet and you just like drop into the normal way you speak and then other times it's like a bit awkward, there's like pauses, but like it's just, it flows. And I feel like if it just flows, then that's it. You're yeah, friends. I think it was super normal for us. It like was we were super just normal. We ate and so much food. <laughs> so much food. Yeah, it was glorious. It's a good day, man. It was glorious. It was a good time. But yeah. Um, sorry, I just completely lost my. Um, voice then for a second I don't know what was going on there you've been going to the gym lately I've noticed your oh tweets my God. about this yes yes you guys, you're enjoying it it's been so good so I mean I've never been like I've never been bad at the gym I know that I could have always been better but <laughs> it was never good at the gym yeah I mean because you know people say that I mean I used to go twice a week which which was pretty good I thought but I really like I really should be doing more than that so I told myself I'd go three times a week for a month and I've been going through a chance for a week for a month and I feel like I could hit someone and it could hurt them. Like, <laughs> like I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, how strong do I feel? I think that's what it is. I could hit someone and hurt them. Which that's I would like, never, by the way. It's like when you watch like, um, like Black Widow or Kill Bill and you're like, yeah, I could do that. I could do that, yeah, do for that. sure. 
but you know, no. the, the adrenaline would kick in. I just know what to do. You it know. Just, ex- yeah, you know where the hand goes. You know, I know what an uppercut is. It's incredible. I think most people know what an uppercut is. Actually, that doesn't make me special. But um, yeah, yeah, no, it's been going really well. I've been. I actually bought a pack of resistance bands yesterday because I'm like really into this. I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> but. If any of you want to send questions about what I can do with, like, mini resistance bands, that would be really, really helpful. Because I've bought five, and then I bought them and realised I don't really know how to use them all. Um, I saw that you bought five, because, like, I bought one, and I didn't realise they were, like, colour-coded. I yeah. just bought the pink one, because I like pink. And now I'm thinking, I've been using that band, like, totally wrong. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, all I've been doing in the gym is cardio, and... I usually watch like my iPad when I'm doing it and I've been watching Line of Duty and then I had to stop because I was literally gasping in the gym (laughs) and almost falling off the treadmill at like how intense Line of Duty gets. So I had to kind of rein it back and now I'm watching that Champions TV series on Netflix with uh, Mindy. So I'm kind of like, yeah... But I need to go back to the gym because I ate disgusting over the weekend. It was awful. Speaking of disgusting, mm. did you watch Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Vile? Yeah, I didn't like it at all. What, yeah, because obviously I didn't have you on the show last week to talk yeah. about it. But did, were you pretty much of the same kind of opinion as us, just not loving it? Yeah, I didn't love it. Didn't like that, like you said last week, that, what's her name? Is it Liz Kendall? Like the whole thing is supposed to be from her point of view, but... It, I mean, I mean, it was from her point of view, but she just she didn't feature as much as I would have expected. No. For, for like, it just yeah, it just fell flat. And even though I thought Zach and Lily were like really good, it just yeah didn't do very much for me. Much prefer the documentary that he made. Definitely. Mm. Another Netflix film that came on recently was Wine Country. Did you mm. get to see this? I didn't. I was supposed to watch it yesterday and get around to it. What did you think? Did you, have you seen it? Oh yeah. I liked it I actually thought it was quite funny it was endearing it was sweet and then I went on Letterbox to put in my review and I just saw that everyone absolutely hated it and it really confused me which is why my review is very short sweet and tells everyone to fuck off because I enjoyed it I mean yeah it's not incredible it's not life-changing you know but it's still you know a movie about an age bracket of women who they speak about general things that don't get speak, spoken about a lot within film. And I thought yeah. it was quite endearing. I thought Amy did a great job. Maya Rudolph was fantastic. And I think it's been getting a lot of stick that I don't think a film about a bunch of bros would get. So, ah. hmm. you know what I'm saying? Who directed One Country? Was it... Amy Poehler. Was it Amy? Yeah. Um, let me just fact check that because I don't want to be like really bold. <laughs> and then like, it turns out that it's not... Um, because they are being super embarrassed. Yeah, it was the guy who did um, Green Book. Oh. I'm joking. Oh. I'm just joking now. <laughs> I was like, um... No, she did direct it. I am right. Okay. Thank God for that. Um, <laughs> that would have been so awkward. But no, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was quite fun. And um, I'm quite sure... Maybe because I was really excited for a long time, though, because obviously I'm a big fan of her yeah. as well. It was cool. It was good to see Tina Fey as well play like a non-conventional role, um, nice. which was fun. And it just reminded me how much I miss Thirty Rock and how much I miss Parks and Recreation. So oh, I miss Thirty yeah. Rock so much. I really do. Um, another thing I watched on Netflix this, this past weekend was Sex Education. Finally, I oh, it was good, wasn't it? 
I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was, it took, yeah, it took a while to kind of get used to the whole jarring American influence, 1970s, 80s vibe. But I think it, I think a show that does that shows a little bit of authenticity that it doesn't, it's not selecting a decade or a time frame or anything like that. Some of the characters are a little bit cliche, things like that, but I thought it was generally interesting. I mean, I don't think all 16-year-olds are having sex like that. No, for sure they're not. But, no, I liked it. It was fun. It Mm. was, yeah, I'm guessing there's going to be a second season. I don't know if they've confirmed it or anything like that. I hope so. I really liked watching um, Asa Butterfield flex his comedy chops. I thought he was funnier than I thought he was going to be. Yes, well, Scott doesn't like him, so he, that's what? why he didn't watch it. I don't know. Maybe something happened between them. I don't want to ask. <laughs> I did see. Um, I did see Ace Butterfield outside Hoban Station. Maybe they'd had a fight. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Mm, you maybe. never know. Maybe. I tell you who I'm gonna have a fight with. Who? Full on fist fight. As you may know, I am making inquiries to obtain a new family member. Yes. It's a puppy, it's not a person. You know, <laughs> just like, just clarifying. And bef- obviously this is a decision that we we made a long time ago because we wanted we wanted a puppy. We In the past, I've always had rescue dogs, but I really wanted a puppy for A, the experience, and B, to train this person to become part of our family because obviously eventually I want to have children and mm. et cetera, and I want that experience off a puppy. Yeah. Uh, selfish or whatever people may disagree that's just that's my choice mm. and so I kn- knowing that this was going to be a big part of our lives I did a lot of research into breeds that I was interested in into what breeds were popular and trendy that I'm not interested in like French bulldogs and cockapoos and things like that. they're just not my jam mm-hmm. but you know good for you so I narrowed it down and eventually obviously I have to agree with Scott because we live together and apparently that means he has an opinion it's crazy (laughs) so we narrowed it down to a Dalmatian so I researched everything to do with Dalmatians puppies lifespan health problems everything about them yeah before I finally decided this is it we're gonna go for a Dalmatian and I've been looking for breeders for like six months finally found a breeder that was Mm local-ish and had a fantastic track record history etc blah 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 and so we're finally on this list the mum's due this week and we could have a puppy in like two three months so fun but everyone has an opinion and they love to tell you it like you are so stupid and have no idea like you know that puppies aren't born with their spots you know that dalmatians are like blind oh wait no they're actually like deaf you know like all dalmatians are like really angry you know like dalmatians are really aggressive you know dalmatians don't like blonde people you know dalmatians don't like children you know that dalmatians need exercise you know dalmatians need to eat this Oh my god. What did you think I thought I was going to go into? That yeah. I was going to just have an Instagram prop. Yeah, that you're blind to use. Yeah. Like, it just frustrates me. I don't know why, but it just really frustrates me that people are just so flippant to think mm. you are making this decision and, like, don't even know what you're doing. Yeah. It's so infuriating. And it's like, you know, they get really big. Well, I'm going to have one, not four. <laughs> And have you seen my house? Like, it's fine. Mm. You know? And I, I mean, I just can't. If I said I was getting a husky, it would be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Oh my God, that's so cool. But, you know, huskies actually have a lot more requirements. Than, um, 
getting irate and doing that squeaky voice I do. If, if it makes you feel better, my favourite dog on the planet was, or in, on the planet, is still a Dalmatian named Barney. I used to go and walk him, Aww. and he was the best. And Dalmatians are cool. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate this. They're I cool. do. You're allowed to come round and see them. Nice. Everyone else I mentioned is not. <laughs> Honestly. Absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, moving on. Ooh. So we got a little bit of feedback from the last episode, which was obviously about serial killers, which I found really interesting. And I think we should do a few more themed episodes because it was quite fun. Mm. Um, the most common question we got like six, seven times was, which serial killer would we like to see have a documentary made about them, which hasn't yet happened? Hmm. Um, and I was thinking I about this know. and I, I can't think. So what do you think? I feel like I... Because it's got like, to be one that we don't know much yeah. about, maybe. Cause... I mean, I feel like I I know... It's the serial killers that I know most about are because there have been podcasts or TV shows or documentaries about anyway, so I'm not sure I can think of one that hasn't already been made, probably just because I don't know about them. Yeah, so it's probably going to be one that... Yeah. I think it's quite shocking when you don't really know much about them, because you're like, oh my god, how didn't I know anything about this person? Yeah, yeah. So, no, I don't know the answer to that. Sorry. Sorry, guys. It's useless. <laughs> yeah, I'm really sorry. I can't give an answer <laughs> either. But I... I don't know. I, like I just said, like I, I, sometimes when I watch something, I like the fact that I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I had no idea. A bit like this new Chernobyl show. Like, I've oh, always yeah. been aware of Chernobyl. Well, not aware. Like, I knew it kind of happened. Yeah. But I had no idea, like, the extent of what could have happened mm. so i'm really enjoying it because i i don't know what's going to happen i mean obviously I, well now i don't know what's going to happen but i am enjoying it because one part of it is i don't know much about it so i feel like i'm educating myself as well yeah. so i think with a serial killer documentary sometimes it's not nice i think nice is already to describe it but it's um more interesting if it's about something I don't know much history on. Mm, so I, feel you. I don't know. I mean I know there's loads in the making, so I guess I'd just have to wait and see. Yeah. Okay, and from Alice, uh your conversation last week on films that made you feel uncomfortable, such as Jack Builds a House. What was the last film you watched that you found too gory or uncomfortable to finish or enjoy? Ooh, to Aww. finish or enjoy. I know I, what mine is. Go on, you go first, because I don't have an answer. <laughs> it was um, Raw, the cannibal film. Oh, I didn't watch this. I um, Everyone raved about this film, and there's a lot of people that do love it, but I sat in the cinema with this film and generally felt ill mm. and sick, and there's like scenes that now I'm thinking of that are making me feel a bit bulky. But, um, yeah, that's the that, that's one film that I really struggled with. And as soon as the, it ended, I ran out of the cinema because I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to be out of this. And I think Neon Demon made me feel quite uncomfortable as well. Ah, yes. I didn't know what to make of that. Like, I know a lot of people had really strong, positive opinions and, and, and thought it was great, but I am still on the fence about it. It confused me. It made me feel weird. I didn't enjoy it. It's mm. not one of my favourites. But mm. I did enjoy Only God Forgives. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Do you remember when life was simple and that was your only concern? If anyone enjoyed Only God Forgives. What a time to be alive. I don't have an answer to this one. (laughs) I feel like 
Because I tend to stay away, because I'm a wimp in general, so I tend to stay away. I was going to say, you kind of stay away from it altogether, I so... Stay, yeah. I'm just a wimp. Like, it's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's fair enough. <laughs> okay, UK box office top ten. We haven't done... I feel like we haven't done this in a while either, because the last time we did, um, it was all Avengers-based, and nothing yeah. really come out. So, yeah, we haven't talked about some of these. I don't think I've seen any of them, I'm apart to... from Avengers... I don't know, I'm trying to open it up still. <laughs> we'll see. Go ahead. Okay, so number 10 is The Curse of La Llorona. Not seen it. Which is a horror film, so it's right up your street. <laughs> I've not seen this either, I'm afraid. At number 9, it's Tolkien, which is the biopic about mm-hmm. Tolkien. Um, I've not seen this, because I don't care. Yeah, me neither, which is a shame, because I really like Nicholas Holt and... Um... Lily Collins. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, her... It's funny how, like, in the same week she played Tolkien's wife and Ted Bundy's wife. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like, like what a, um, what do you call it? What a repertoire. Mm. Uh, <laughs> at number eight, you've got Amazing Grace, which is a film um, featuring Aretha Franklin um, singing. It was actually directed by Sidney Pollack. Um, it was meant to be released years and years and years ago, but as you probably heard, there were some issues with sound syncing, and they finally managed to do it. Yeah, I think it was like 50 years it's been hidden, so it's quite nice that's coming back and has been given an opportunity, which I think is great. Mm. At number seven, it's Dumbo. This has been in the top ten for eight weeks. Which surprises me, I'll be honest. I I mean, I didn't see it, but I'm surprised it's in there for so long. I mean, Aladdin's out soon, so I think it might just, like, push it out. (laughs) Aladdin. (laughs) At number six, it's Longshot, which I really want to see. Yeah, me too. Actually, you I'm surprised I really want to see it because I didn't think I would really want to see it. But it's had some surprising reviews. I think cause yeah. it has a bit of a feminist angle as well as being a bit of a Seth Rogen slapstick yeah. kind of film. So yeah, it'd be quite fun. And number five, it's Paw Patrol, Mighty Pups. Yes, I'm so gassed. I'm so gassed. <laughs> the cinematography in this one is going to be like on point. Yeah, so good. Gotcha. Love, love those paws. At number four, it's The Hustle. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. This is higher than I expected, considering that it's been quite panned. Mm. But then I'm not too sure if it's been panned because it's a bit like... What was the other female-led film that came out that a lot of people didn't like, but actually was quite good? Um, The Spy That Dumped Me, or something like that. Oh, yeah. I liked The Spy That Dumped Me, yeah. Yeah, it was a bit of a... Yeah, the kind of... I think the reviews back at the time were a little bit more like... um, Mm. I don't know. But I've not seen either, so I don't know what to say. And number three, it's Avengers Endgame. Still very high, obviously. And number two, it's Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Now, when this film was first announced, I had literally no interest in it whatsoever. No, I neither. I completely rolled my eyes at it or just didn't bother with it at all. But for some reason, with recent trailers, I actually quite want to see it. And I yeah, don't know why. I've really surprised myself. It looks a bit like it's got. I don't know. If it's, I don't know why, but it's reminding me of Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Oh yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I've got that vibe from it, but yeah, I don't. I, I don't know, but I mean, I think it's going to go on and become like a franchise. So that would be cool. Ryan Reynolds has got to get that money, hasn't he? <laughs> and at number one, it is John Wick: Colon Chapter Three Hyphen Parabellum. I love a bit of punctuation. Just, I just love the <laughs> excessiveness of this title. I think he's yeah, fantastic. So excellent. Um, I 
seen like 20, 25 minutes of John Wick and I turned it off. I don't remember why, but I've never felt compelled to go back. Mm. But everyone seems to love them. Yeah. So I tweeted a few weeks ago that I had yet to see yet to see the first and the second. And people were genuinely surprised. I don't know why. I don't know what speaks action about me. <laughs> but, but, you know, that. like, people were like, you, you really need to see this film. So I watched the first one and really enjoyed it, surprisingly. But I can't tell you why. It's just okay. crazy. It's, like, crazy. And, and it... I'm going to watch the second one and I'm going to watch the third one. Probably not in the cinema because it's not, um, you know, it's going to take me weeks. But I would, yeah, I would go back to it. There's something about it that I haven't quite figured out. But I'm a fan. Okay. I'm going to, I want to give it another chance. I give do. It, yeah, give it a shot. I think for me was that everyone goes on about how um he's like avenging his dog and like i thought well you only had the dog for like five minutes <laughs> am i wrong yeah no it was about five minutes i, but, I thought i thought that i was but, gonna watch like some i am legend like it's the only friend he has in the world but technically, and then i was like come on but technically it's because it's the dog also serves as like a symbolism yeah because i don't know i don't know how far you got into this film i don't know if i should finish my sentence but I, I mean, there's two and three, so I'm guessing that John Wick's okay. Yeah, no, he's fine, but okay. his, his wife is not, and the dog was sort of like a, like his wife's thing, so, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I will watch them. I mean, mm. I never said I'd watch Mission Impossible, and I watched all six this year, and I really like them, so yeah. it could happen. Just give me ten more years, and I will be <laughs> right up to date. It is all good. Okay, so we've got a few films coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few I want to see, actually. But a few I do not. <laughs> okay, so first up, coming out tomorrow on a Wednesday, is Aladdin by Guy Ritchie. <laughs> this is another one that... Sorry, I have a lot of feelings about this, so I'm just going <sighs> to... Yeah. <sighs> So, Aladdin is my favourite Disney film. Mm -hmm. I loved it so much as a kid. I used to play the Sega game to my heart's content, jumping, catching them like golden hoops, make sure it didn't fall in the lava. Absolutely loved it so much. Loved the first film. Loved Aladdin 2, Return of Jafar. Loved Aladdin 3, the son of... What's the name of Aladdin 3? I don't know. The son of... Oh, Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Also known as Aladdin 3, Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Loved all of them so, so much. Loved the music, loved everything. Even had an Aladdin Barbie doll, which was married to all of my Barbie dolls because I didn't have a lot of male Barbie dolls, which, you know, that's not very good realistic expectations of bringing up (laughs) girls. You're making all the girls into, you know, we've got six people dating one man here. That's not sisterhood. (laughs) Or is it the ideal thing? I don't know. But I love Aladdin. So... I've been to see Aladdin the Western show. And no, it's not the same story. But it's okay. I accept it. I, I'm going along with it. And then they mentioned that they're going to make Aladdin the 
into the TV series Once Upon a Time. And I watched it and I was like, no, this is not Aladdin. I'm not feeling it. So I stopped watching the show just because of Aladdin. Do you understand where I'm going here? And then they announced they're going to make Aladdin a live action remake of the Aladdin film. And I'm thinking, this is fantastic. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Then they announced it's going to be Guy Ritchie as a director. And I say, really? The guy that fucked up? Um, <laughs> King Arthur? You're going to give it to fucking Guy Ritchie? And then I'm like, oh my God, we're going to have like... Aladdin, Prince of Allgate East or something. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and then they announced that Will Smith is going to play the genie. And I'm like, okay, maybe this could work. It could be cool. And then I see Will Smith as the genie and it looks like some Krishna. shoddy pantomime production like from fucking Leeds. Mm. And I'm thinking... And then they cast Jafar, and Jafar's looking quite hot. And I'm like, this is not good. This is not meant to, you know, change the dynamics of the situation. And... The more I have read about it, the more trailers I've seen, the more pictures I've seen, it just looks ridiculous. (laughs) But did I get chills when I watched the trailer? Yes, I fucking did. What's wrong with me? I don't know, man. That that was deep. You, like, went on a trip. I just... It means so much to me. Like, you can go on about fucking Star Wars all you want, but Aladdin is my life. Mm. I've seen the West End show twice. Yeah. I can't even describe... I wanted to be Jasmine growing up. I'm going to see it. (laughs) I'm just saying I don't really know how to feel about it. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. I mean, I was looking forward to it up until the point that we saw the trailer. But also, I feel like even before that, when they cast um, Naomi Scott to play Jasmine, because she's not... It's just like this whole whitewashing thing again, isn't it? Like, it it shouldn't be Naomi Scott. What I don't get, though, is like in the the West End show... Mm. um, I think originally it's a black actress playing her. Oh, really? The, I've not seen it on the West End. They've recently... Ch- yeah, because it's the girl that used to... Hello, Scott. It's a girl who used to be in the Sugar Babes or... Okay, one, like of, one of them went to my high school and was, like, two years older than me, so it would be bants if it was her. Could have been her. I'm pretty sure she used to be in the Sugar Babes or something like that. And then they recast or, like, changed, changed the storyline. I'm pretty sure that she's... Um, well, she's definitely like Indian or Pakistani at least. Mm. I'll have to double check. Mm. But um, yeah, I was quite shocked that they cast Naomi Scott because I thought that that's, you know, obviously, to, I mean, the, the origin of Jasmine, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be well, almost Arabic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, she's from. So to have that opportunity, you know, to cast an actress of origin that's rarely you know, the princess in many stories, mm-hmm. usually, you know, the terrorist wife or something, yeah. let's be honest. Um, Review-wise, it's currently at a 5.9 on IMDb. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, God. Sounds so um, dear. But it's, it's early days. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. early days. I feel like it's one of them things where you want to see it just to double-check that it's going to be really bad. <laughs> yeah, Do just to like, I mean? va- validate your own thoughts about it. Yeah, To validate my own thoughts about it. But I feel you. I, I, it, mm. Yeah. I'm... Do you think it could have been better... We haven't even seen this yet, but do you think it could have been better if there was a different director? I want to say yes, but I also don't... Like, I feel like I want to give Guy Ritchie a chance, even though, like you said, he, he fucked King Arthur. Whoa, that sounded weird. <laughs> that, that sounded like... He did what? Oh, dear. But, yeah, like, I feel like I want to give him a chance, but... Mm, 
I don't do know. Do you know who would have been a cool nervous. director for Aladdin? Who, sorry? Do you know who would have been a cool director for Aladdin? Who? Taika Waititi. Oh my god, he would have been amazing. He would have been so fun. Can I you would have loved that. Can you imagine all, like, the internal dialogues? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... The genie will be played by him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, he'd be... be the best genie. Who else would you have cast as the genie, then? I mean, I don't know if it's just Will Smith or whether it's just how they've presented Will Smith. I don't know if I've thought enough about it, just because in my head it's always going to be... As you can tell, I have. Who would you... Yeah, go on, you go ahead. <laughs> no, no, sorry, I just meant, like, no, in general. I, like, like I, I have no uh, idea. Just because in my head it's always going to be, like, Robin Robin Williams. Like, he's always going to yeah, be Yeah, it's a hard act to follow. Yeah. I think especially as well, like, we've only lost him, like, a couple of years ago or so. Mm. And so also, I'd... like, no offence, because I know that there are lots of Hindus listening. Um, well, at least there might be lots of Hindus listening. I'm also we, Hindu, we so... We have I... a big following, you know. <laughs> of Hindus. I j- I'm, I'm one too, so I feel like I'm a little bit allowed to say this. He kind of looks like a knockoff Krishna. Like, it's not cool. Yeah, like I the don't whole get hairstyle it. and stuff like it, that. Well, that's the thing. Like, were you intending to cast a Hindu? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's... I don't know what the genie's like background is, but it just it looks a little well, bit. I mean, he's blue, so I don't think there's like. <laughs> yeah, a, I don't you know, think he's. Yeah, I think he's just like an entity. Maybe he's like, where, where's Minerva and that lot from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he's just from you know like wherever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just, just from wherever but yeah okay. like the first thing I remember watching the trailer and a few of my also Hindu friends messaged me and be like he looks like Pound Shop Krishna and I was like he does look like Pound Shop Krishna oh my god <laughs> well also out tomorrow is Rocket Man which is the Elton John um, film mm-hmm. which is directed by Dexter Fletcher he actually gets a directing credit on this one and um, it's I would if you asked me a couple of years ago if I was interested in an Elton John biopic I wouldn't actually be all that like bothered mm. um, but this looks really good like it I'm really excited really to see this I think it looks like a really I don't know intimate is intimate the right word I don't know I just I do find Elton John interesting mm. um, and I think the stage presence and like the production of this looks like it, someone's really put a lot of effort into it. Yeah, yeah, and for sure. Taron Egerton, I'm a massive fan of, massive, massive fan of. Um, I've loved everything he's done, like Eddie the Eagle, Kingsman, even when he was in um, what was the film called with the two, the legend. Oh um, yeah. I thought it was great in that. So I'm excited for this. I definitely really excited watch it. for this. Hasn't there and been some backlash though? Has haven't people said something about Taron Egerton's portrayal or whatever? I feel like I saw some tweets. Not that I care because I love Eggsy. So <laughs> I haven't read any backlash. Do you remember what, what it was about? I I remember something saying Elton John defends Taron Egerton as in as the himself. Film. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what has that got to do with it? Joe, so who's in it though? It's really random. Tate Donovan. As who? It, so, uh, if you watch the OC, like I, I, yeah. I know that he was on the Friends, and he's like he was he's the voice of Hercules as well. Yeah, but he's in this, and I always find it random when he pops up in something because I'm like, you're still working, good for you. Um, Get it, he plays Doug Weston. I don't like I said, I don't know anything about Elton John's life, no. so I don't know if this is a real person or a fake person. I'm just quickly googling. Okay, Doug Weston is an American nightclub owner. Ah. And he was best known as the owner of the Troubadour Club 
in 1960s and 1970s. Um, that might not even be him. That's not the same person. Oh, no, it is. Yeah, he played an important role in the careers of Elton John um, and Joni Mitchell. So, yeah, Tate Donovan's there, a.k.a. Marissa's dad. I just Wikipedia stalked Tate Donovan again, and I just, like, I have still have such a crush on him. He dated Jennifer Aniston, didn't he? Yeah, and he was also, like, he was married to... Oh, no, he was also with um, Sandra Bullock, I think. Yes, he was! Because I feel Sorry. like I... I think We're I read that. There. Yeah, because they're in that film together, um, Love Potion Number Nine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, I think you're right there. I think you're right. I yeah, no, I haven't seen him in anything for quite some time, but I do always forget that he is the voice of Hercules. Makes me laugh. Fast boy. So yeah, I'm excited Hercules. to see that. I'm excited to see that. Hmm. You've also got um, out this Friday is the Secret Life of Pets Two. I haven't even seen the first one. I wish I would have loved the first one more than I did. I didn't hate it, but I think I watched it about the same time I watched Zootopia, Zootropolis, whatever we want to call it, and that okay. was just so much better that Secret Life of Pets kind of fell flat. I didn't hate it, but it didn't, it didn't like... I think I went to see Zootropolis thinking I was going to see The Secret Life of Pets, and I got very <laughs> confused in the process. I yeah. can't really remember. One of them had Jason Bateman, and that the other one didn't. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, the, Zootropolis is Jason yeah. Bateman. Yeah. The voice cast is really impressive, though. You've got Patton Oswalt, Kevin Hart, Harrison Ford, Eric Stone Street, Jenny Slate, Tiffany Haddish, Lake Bell, Hannah Bell Buress. Like, there's there's a lot there. Mm. So, I don't know. I'll give it a chance one day. Mm. Um, then we've got a couple of random dates coming up. So, next Monday, Booksmart is finally coming out. Yeah, so excited. In the UK. This is. It's not Olivia Wilde. Is it Olivia Wilde's directorial debut? Because I know she's directed... Oh, it is. Scott's I just fact-checking for me here. Yeah, um, I'm really excited for this. So basically, on the eve of their high school graduation, two students and best friends realise they should have worked less and played more. Determined not to fall short of their peers, the girls try to cram four years of fun into one night. Did you know that Beanie Feldstein is Jonah Hill's sister? Is she? Now I have to Google the yes. resemblance. Oh, what? Okay. Yeah, because um, his name's obviously not Jonah Hill. What's his name then? Um, I think it's I think it's just Jonah Fieldstein. What? I'm learning so much today. Yeah, no, I had no idea because obviously I've only seen her before in um, what's it, Ladybird. That's yeah. the only thing I've seen her in before. Yeah, yeah. But she's um, she was in Bad Neighbors too. And she's done like some other bits and pieces here and there, but um, but yeah, she's Jonah Hill's sister. My next question is: Beanie, her real name? No, it's no, not. it's Elizabeth. Elizabeth, cool. Yeah, you get it, Beanie. You get it, Beanie. So excited, and I like Catherine. Um, uh, sorry, Caitlin. <laughs> is it? <laughs> um, such a big fan. I just don't even know her name. Is it Diva? Is it Diva or Deva? <laughs> is it Deva or Diva, Scott? Might be Diva. Oh, thanks. Did you hear that? No. What did he say? He said it's Deva, but it might be Diva, like you. Um, <laughs> the first thing I saw her in—I'm just going to call her her now, out of disrespect—was Short Term Twelve, and I also saw it in Men, Women, and Children, which I actually thought was not too bad. But um, I've not she's seen great. Men, Women, and Children. Yeah, she's great. I like her. I'm excited. Mm. But I love Olivia Wilde too. So um, I'm excited to see 
what she what she's done with this. I think she's one of these people that <clears throat> really does study before she jumps into something. Okay. Um, so I'm excited. I mean, she's done short films, which I've not seen, but this is her directorial debut, so I'm really excited to see this. Me um, too. And I bet it's not even going to bloody be out anywhere. <laughs> It's not out anywhere near where I am, and I'm in London. I need to, like, trek to another oh part of London God. to see it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Perfect. So, but, no, um, it's got the rest of the cast. You've got Lisa Kudrow, you've got Will, Fert, uh, Will Forte, and you've got Billy Lord, who I love seeing in stuff. So yeah, she's cool. I'm excited. And apparently Billy Lord was so great that Olivia and the writers were, like, writing more scenes for her, like, oh, on the nice. day of shooting. Yeah, so I thought that was quite good. I mean, I think that... I mean, obviously, she was in uh, Screen Queens, and then she did American Horror Story, and I'm hoping that she gets, like, a bit more. She's only been in seven things, when you think about it. Yeah. I I feel like she's been in more than seven things. (laughs) That's how it feels. (laughs) That's weird. Hmm. Well, not weird, it's just just mad, but obviously, she's in the Ryan Murphy posse, so you know she's going to be in loads of stuff. Yeah, she's going to be cool, she's going to be fine. Eventually. And last but probably least is um, next Wednesday we have Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yay! I just why? I don't. I didn't even watch. I mean, I've watched like the 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 like original Godzilla, but you know the Aaron Taylor Johnson version. I didn't watch that one. Like I've not yeah. Seen it. So mm, mm. so obviously we had Godzilla which came out in 2014. That was directed by Gareth Edwards. And then, obviously, he pissed off and did um, Rogue One. Mm. He's not done anything since then. That's a bit worrying. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see Rogue One. Was it Was it that bad, or...? I don't know. I didn't love it, but it wasn't abysmal, was it? Career-ending, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Michael Doherty um, comes on board for uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters... Um, he is probably most well known for um, Krampus. Oh, I've not seen it. Oh, it's it's a, <laughs> it's something. Um, so yeah, we have Godzilla King, King of the Monsters. Essentially, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the world is. I'm just trying to explain this with a, a straight face and b the most sincerity that I can possibly offer. Um, it's just monsters. And they're fighting, and Millie Bobby Brown's there. Oh, love a good teenager. So, yeah. Um, you know. Kicking off. <laughs> Vera Farmiga is in it, so is Carl Chandler, um, and some other people. Nice. Actually, Jackson Jr., that's probably worth mentioning. Oh, I, do I love just, him. W- I mean, I watched the trailer for this when it came out last year, and I just thought, why? Why <laughs> are we wasting time money the environment on this film aren't they doing like a huge like monster universe type thing this is so basically they wanted to create the monster verse and there is another film lined up after this which is called godzilla versus kong which is obviously is going to be about king kong because you had that king kong you had that king kong movie no 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 not carnage not Carnage. Um, it would have been better if it was, because I actually quite liked Carnage. It was <laughs> hella fun. It's about the Kong that was from the Brie Larson movie. Ah, okay. Yeah, so okay. that's going to be the third installment, which Michael Doherty's also going to be looking after. Mm-hmm. But yeah, basically, the Monsterverse is... <laughs> 
Warner Brothers way of trying to make some money because they own the Godzilla franchise and they own yeah. the King Kong franchise. Yeah. But they were going to... they The original plan mm-hmm. was to try and tie in... I think it was The Mummy. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. It was... I believe it was The Mummy. But... I, I just... don't want The Mummy without Brendan Fraser. Like, I know it's already happened. I know that there's a Tom Cruise Maybe one. I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that there was some kind of monsterverse that included The Mummy, which was mm-hmm. obviously the Tom Cruise remake. Yeah. But I think... Because, yeah, it was meant to be The Mummy, it was Mm -hmm. meant to be Bride of Frankenstein, and obviously Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. and it was meant to be... King Kong and Godzilla. Let me just double-check. I'm just fact-checking you for you. Sorry, I should have brought brought this up earlier. (laughs) Because, obviously, in the... I don't know if you saw The Mummy film with Tom Cruise. No, I didn't want to. I had to see it, and (laughs) I... There are times where I look at Scott and I think, I still can't believe that this man may be seeing The Mummy. And um, so in The Mummy, you have you also had Russell Crowe play um, Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. So I think they were all leading up to this Dark Universe franchise. And it was meant to star... Um, Javier Bardem, Johnny mm. Depp, and Sofia uh, Boutella. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of died. Um, so this wasn't Warner Brothers. This was actually Universal. And it was meant to be The Invisible Man, played by Johnny Depp. Dr. Jekyll, played by Russell Crowe. Frankenstein's monster was going to be Bardem. And then, obviously, you had The Mummy with Cruz and Botella because Botella was The Mummy. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, it all went wrong because The Mummy did really, really bad. Yeah. So well, yeah, so, so I've Brendan got the two Fraser things mixed back. up there. It's not, it's not the monsterverse. There is a monsterverse which is by Warner Brothers, but there was another monsterverse which was by Universal. So I've got that wrong. Either way, I don't want to see any of these films, no matter what monsterverse it is. I do not care. I feel you. Same page. Honest to God, I do not care. It looks dreadful. I can't be dealing with it. <laughs> and that's my feelings on Godzilla perfectly legitimate and man. you just know they've just thrown Billy Bobby Brown in there to get that teen audience oh for sure that's all it is I mean like, if, I, if I went to watch it it's probably because I want to see Eleven take on Godzilla like Godzilla yeah that's it that's it for me <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's our film talk done this episode is called Goodbye Game of Thrones and we are now going to talk about the end of Game of Thrones. So if you, for some reason, have not yet seen the final episode, um, well done, I suppose, because I don't know how you've lasted this long um, without being spoiled. Um, But you might want to turn off now because we're now going to talk about Game of Thrones. Which is, ironically, what I wish someone had told me when I first started watching this series nine years ago. Just turn it off, Karis. Because nothing's going to end like you thought it was. It's just going to be an ongoing flood of disappointment. Basically, yes. It was not good. It was bad. It was really bad. (laughs) Honestly, Mm. let's get real here. How does a series that obviously captivated so many people and such a massive 
massive scale. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to think, the content of Game of Thrones is pretty nerdy. It's a very nerdy concept. Yeah. Dragons, medieval times, you know, it's very mal-driven, you mm. know, naked ladies everywhere. But it somehow managed to really get an audience that was so huge. You know, people... It united people in workplaces, Yeah, I feel. for sure. Yeah, there, there's people that I would never have a million years spoke to if it wasn't about Game of Thrones before. I think, yeah, like there's there's friendships up and down the country ending as we speak because <laughs> co-workers have realised that now that Game of Thrones is over, they have nothing else to speak about with these these other people they work with. Yeah, fully. So how does someone? Well, how does a team of people create something that substantial mm-hmm. and then let it fall so badly to the point where they didn't even care about the fact that there were water bottles and coffee cups <laughs> I know. throughout four Sheer episodes. Laziness. Did you see the other water bottle? Yeah, behind some whose foot Someone's was it? foot or yeah. something. Yeah. Like, I've been on film sets. You get screamed at if you don't spot that. I'm like, sure. seriously. So, I just... It really is awful i'm not ready for this so do you want to share your thoughts i so yeah i was very disappointed i mean i've been disappointed most of this season like it's i've not hated any of the episodes but i mean i hated the last one it's just ah, like everything that could have gone wrong because they made the wrong choices pretty much i feel like with every storyline maybe apart from Sansa, because I'm happy she became queen in the north, but they just they just picked the worst possible endings for everyone, I think. I feel like they were lazy, I don't think they thought anything through, I feel like everything that they'd set up for seasons and seasons didn't matter anymore, and that it almost kind of became a bit of a joke, you know, and especially when D&D said something like, they were asked in an interview, like, where, where what are you going to be doing when the last episode airs, and they said something like, we're going to be far away and getting drunk or something like it just the whole thing just feels like they were taking the piss and it's really annoying and I'm not happy about it felt like in film school there was always a couple of people that wouldn't work on the project and would leave it to the last minute and would somehow manage to put something together and then laugh about the fact they put it together so quickly yeah I generally feel exactly that's how this has happened I mean, we'll start from the beginning of the episode. So, obviously, mm-hmm. The Bells was the name of the last episode, wasn't it? Which was... Something The Bells, yeah. Something, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, this episode begins with um, J- Jon Snow and Davos basically walking around the aftermath of what's happened to King's Landing mm-hmm. um, after Danny has basically destroyed it all. I was really confused at first because I thought it was snow, but it was ash, wasn't it? Yeah, it was ash, yeah. Yeah, because then the next day I was like, oh, well, the ash is <laughs> gone then. I see. Um, all the snow's gone, rather. Mm. Um, I, one point I wanna, really want to put here at the moment is I have no idea why we had six episodes. We could have easily had eight or even ten. Oh, for sure. And it got to a certain, I don't know about you, but someone who works Monday to Friday, I don't really want to watch two hours of television on a fucking Monday. No, me neither. And it's so long, and it felt long, so long. Yeah, it didn't help that it wasn't good either. No, it wasn't. And then obviously, Tyrion miraculously finds Jamie and Cersei in the ruins of the Red Keep. Someone very cleverly pointed that if they'd just moved ten feet <laughs> to the right, they would have actually avoided yeah. the the destruction. But you know, yeah. this is Game of Thrones. Logic is not important. Um 
And then we kind of walk, John, we're back to John, and the Grey Worm is executing Lannister sh- soldiers because Danny's told him to. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, John's finally speaking up because, you know, he seemed to have lost his voice and his balls yeah. in the last episode. Um, and Grey Worm's obviously going through this, what do you call it? Like grieving, badass, out of character kind of. I'm glad you said out of character because it has been very out of character. Like, I know he's grieving and, you know, I'm grieving Miss Sandy, but I don't know if I'm okay with the turn that he took in that scene. What I don't understand is that, obviously, through, through, through this world of Westeros, whenever an army is defeated, you take those people as prisoners and eventually they become your army. Yeah, yeah. So, and another thing that I have to address here... Actually, no, I'll come back to it in a moment. Um, no, no, I will, because after this moment, Danny comes out and she declares to the Unsullied and the Dothraki that she's not only liberating Westeros, but the entire world. Where did all these soldiers come from? The ones that should be dead, yeah. So when Danny was at the front of King's Landing with Cersei, she had, what, 20 people? Mm. It was like a tragic little two-group thing, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the army's tripled. What's happened? Yeah. I do feel like the Dothraki keep resurrecting, though, because even the other battle, they were the first ones sent out, and then an episode later, they were all back again. So I don't know what... There was, there was loads. It didn't yeah. make, and I'm assuming that none of the northern men were there. No. Um, it just didn't seem realistic at all. But yeah, so she does this speech about how she's liberated Westeros and how she's going to go and do the entire world. And it doesn't... I mean, I don't know... You've got that great scene which everyone's going on about and obviously there's there's that meme on Tumblr where people are mocking cinematography and shots because obviously she walks out and um, her drag, Drogon's behind her and, like, raises his wings so it yeah. looks like she has wings. It's very cool, but it's not, like, amazing. Um, she delivers this speech which is very cold and I said as well like where did she get time to like get a whole new outfit also like uh, who's doing it did did we not agree that it was probably Miss Sandy doing her hair like who's been doing her hair yeah who's been doing her hair like there's no (laughs) ladies around like are you telling me that Grey Worm's also doing her hair as well Um, it's really really bizarre and it's I get, obviously, there's a lot of people who've been saying, oh, actually, the Mad Queen storyline's been brewing for a long time. But actually, when no, people can go back and watch episodes and she all she talks about is freedom and liberation yeah. and living in a free world. But she's just turned into, basically, she wants to go and kill more, mm. which is what Tyrion brings up. Tyrion, I really like this scene where he threw... Um, the hand of the queen down the stairs mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be killed then and there so I was quite shocked actually that she put him in prison um, but again that scene just wasn't just I don't know it just didn't seem all that no. great um, and then Aya appears another thing the last episode we saw Aya get on a horse and rode off and then Aya reappears in this episode the horse is gone where did the horse go did she lose the horse did she think actually I'm only going to ride the horse around the block and then get off and then just walk um so yeah anyway and obviously she has this conversation with John and she warns him that you know Daenerys is trouble and Mm -hmm. she's going to probably kill him her Sansa everyone Mm -hmm. um 
and you know everything's rests in his hands which obviously is a lot of pressure um but again he just for someone who has been in such a huge part of this show they resurrected Jon Snow there's so many levels to Jon Snow as a character we've seen him go through losing Ned Rob Catelyn Rickon um just forgotten the name of his girlfriend who we married in real life what was her name Ygritte yeah we've seen him go for all of these motions and then for some reason in season six they just stopped writing dialogue for him mm. i know he's I'm a like, glorified extra this season he doesn't Kit's do anything a great actor but how can you you know and i mean these episodes run for an hour and 45 minutes whip up some dialogue mm. i feel you man it was very annoying oh god and then we have this scene in the throne room which miraculously is not that t- destroyed from all the carnage and um Danny kind of walks over in slow motion with some music in the background and she touches the throne but she doesn't sit on the throne because it's all a big tease <laughs> and you know and then John walks in and they have this conversation about she she lost her dragon mm. and you know she won't forgive and you know this is all necessary this is her vision of a good world and um and then they kiss and this music starts playing and honestly I felt like I was watching an SNL sketch because the music was so over dramatic and so rom-com and cheesy ridiculous and cheesy and then John stabs her and I said oh it must be Aya Aya must have used her face Yeah that's exactly what I thought it happened yeah because John doesn't have the guts to kill Danny now and like the way it was done it was kind of like a little bit reminiscent of the Night King um, but no, it was it was John and Danny dies instantly with two bits of blood coming out of her face. Yeah, very angelic her death. Very angelic. Mm. And then you got this very lovely moment where Drogon um, actually doesn't kill John. He uses like his grief to melt the Iron Throne, and mm-hmm. he carries Danny's body away, which I thought makes more sense. But. Uh, and then we jump ahead and we have no idea where we've jumped to. And I was generally expecting it to pop up like Avengers Endgame and say five years later mm-hmm. because it's really sunny again. So, you know, Tyrion's got this big ass beard. You don't see Jon because, you know, Jon's not an important character. It's only Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like this council of these people. Mm-hmm. We have no idea where this is set. Is it a few weeks later? Is it a few days? Is it months? No idea. Like it would have taken them. So, I mean, yeah. how did they get? How did they get Bran down? Where was <laughs> Where was the girl that carried him for like ten years? Oh, Bran. That, that would have taken some time. Just, oh God. So yeah, this is the lords and ladies coming together, isn't it? So we mm-hmm. see people here that we haven't seen for quite a while. Um, Good old one, Robin Aaron. Yeah, what's it? The kid who um, it, is it the same actor? Yeah, who plays the kid. It is yeah, the same it's the actor. Same one, yeah. He aged better than Bran did. <laughs> Let's be real. Brand I just loved, exactly. I loved all of the... Because you know the whole thing about um, kid Robin Aaron was how old he was when he was being breastfed. So I just love how so many of the jokes are about you clearly have to be breastfed until you're 18 years old. Like, this <laughs> This is how you'll blossom. This is how you'll blossom. Was it? I was just amazed that it was actually him. I thought that was quite a good little mm. touch, actually. For sure. That he actually... He turned up to be... Well, how old is he now? Would he be about, what, 16, 18? No. I think he'd be about... Yeah, about 16, surely. Because if he was he, eight... 
Like, ten years? Yeah, 1617, I think. Yeah, makes sense. And then you've got the... What character is it from Dawn that appears? Oh. Why have I forgotten the name? Ah. Oh. Stop. I, I wanted, you know, like in a documentary where it comes up at the bottom, like, who they are and where uh, they're from. I think it was... Wasn't it Yon? No, Yon is from Vale. I did oh. That's going to bother me. Anyway, so obviously the Lord and Ladies, they're deciding um, what's going to happen now. Um, obviously, Danny's dead. Grey Worm, for some reason, has taken over everything. Yeah. Tyrion. Did you need some free lunch tomorrow? No, that's fine. Thank you. Tyrion very kindly points out, why are you making all the decisions? Not your choice. You're just the commander of war. The Queen's dead. You know. Nobody mentions that John's actually Aegon Targaryen, even though they all know. Yeah, it's like nobody gives a nobody shit. Nobody like, mentions a big it deal. at all whatsoever. And we're just like, yeah. Obviously, there's a good, there's a good, there's a good. Tyrion mentions that people shouldn't be born into it because obviously you get mad king sons and things like mm. that, which I suppose is a good point. Mm-hmm. But then you have this. You have this line where he basically says, who has a better story than Bran? And I literally could list you about 54 characters. <laughs> all of them. All I feel like them, almost including all Including the Starbucks cup. <laughs> literally, who has a better story than Bran? Try both, all three of these brothers. Yeah. Like Rickon, Rob, John, who is in the dungeon. Like, is no one going to... Also, like, no wonder Brian just spent the whole season staring at everyone because he knew he was going to be fine. He was going to be chilling. Well, I said, now we know why the Night King wanted to go after him because the Night King wanted to save us from all this disappointment <laughs> and we should have bloody let him get on with it uh, and then everything would have been fine. So, yeah. just saying. Um, so, yeah, so they come to this miraculous decision that Bran is going to be king, which makes me laugh, though, is that earlier on in the season, he's like, no, I can't be Lord of Winterfell. I'm the three-eyed raven. But then it's like, oh, do you want to be king? Well, yeah, go on then. I'll be king, yeah. No, exactly. I just, it, ugh. It made me laugh, though, when um, Sansa was like, he can't have children. So, like, basically saying, his dick doesn't work. Yeah. Everyone. (laughs) Like, not a single shit was given. She's telling everyone about this. Yeah. You know. Um... So yeah, instead of family inheritance, they they're gonna vote and do some kind of form of Brexit style <laughs> election. Which how I'm sorry, but how the fuck is that gonna work? Well, they're gonna drive up and down Westeros <laughs> with ballot cards, getting everyone like, come on, this is medieval times. Mm. You don't no, this is ridiculous, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Um, and then obviously Sansa declares the North. Um, to be independent, which I thought mm-hmm. was very lovely because they should have had that very, very long time. Um, but it, it just seemed very bizarre, the people that were involved in this process. And then you had Yara, Greyjoy, mm. somehow say, actually, no, Danny fought for us, blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, she's probably not a big fan of the North. No, she's probably not. After her brother chose them over yeah. her kind of thing. So perhaps that's what it is. Mm. So, yeah, Bran agrees, shockingly, to becoming king. And um, asks Tyrion to be his hand. Which is just... At this point, I was just thinking, God, this is boring. 
and sentences John to join the Night's Watch. And someone very cleverly pointed out, like, why do we still have a Night's Watch? Because exactly. all the Nightwalkers are dead. And exactly. then you've got that little thing, like, well, you know, there needs to be a place for broken bastards and cripples to go. Well, can't they just go to Winterfell? Also, he is Aegon Targaryen. Like, I... Why the... I'm not being funny, but, like, who the fuck is Grey Worm? Grey Worm <laughs> should be taken prisoner. Like, who the fuck is... Bran's oh. king? Bran could be like, yeah, sure, I'll send John to the Night Watch. Oh, yeah, all right, Grey Druid. Yeah, Grey Worm, yeah, go on. Off you go to Narth. Psych! John, come back home. Like, come on. <laughs> what? Why do they give a shit about Grey Worm? Mm. Nobody else did for, like, eight years. Why yeah. are we all of a sudden bowing down to Grey Worm? It's ridiculous. So, yeah, that's, that's it. Oh, whatever. So Grey Worm takes the Unsullied to Narth, which is obviously um, Missandra's homeland. I don't know if they're going to fulfil Danny's prophecy of, you know, what what was she wanting to do? She was wanting to um, liberate the rest of the world. Mm. Um, so fun fact, though, if you've read the books, then um, where Missandei's from, apparently if you're not, like, from there, like, if you're not born in um, Narth, then... Within about an hour or two of you reaching shore, the butterflies are poisonous and you're all going to die. So I don't know how much of that is... Shut up. Mm, yeah, so if, I mean, if we're following canon, which I don't think we are because, I mean, the books of... It's like this book hasn't even been written yet, then Grey Worm and me and Sully are probably going to get killed, like, at some point, as soon as they land on onto the shores of Narth. So, you know. And not, not only that, doesn't Essos, like, basically own Narth as yeah. well still? Like, they didn't actually liberate Narth. no. No. Right. So, so that's the thing. I don't know. It's yeah, but he's gone anyway. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um and then we've got we get a little glimpse of um Sir Brienne updating a book because, you know, so she writes this lovely little biography about Jamie Lannister. I don't know if that's her job now or yeah. whether she is, you know, working at the Citadel doing mm. that. But yeah, she writes this little story about Jamie. I guess that's that's meant to be our closure to this storyline that they haphazardly put together um after teasing us for like six years. Um so yeah, I was like really happy about that, if you didn't know. So happy. And then obviously we've got our small council which felt like some kind of fucking comedy film that was wrote by an inept person because <laughs> you know bronze cracking jokes and brianna taff and they don't know how to sit on their chairs and davos is there and sam tarley's there and he's got this little book and it's like oh a song of ice and fire and it's about westeros and it's about um robert baratheon dying and Tyrion's not in it like that is not funny. Mm, yeah, I didn't do much. No for me. one finds that funny. And who's had the time to write a fucking book about all this? It took eight, ten years to fucking watch the show. What you wrote a book in what five fucking minutes? Oh. Jesus Christ. Um, and then Bran meets with the council, and they say something about Drogon, and he's like, "Oh, I might be able to find him." What? what Fucking, you could have done that a little while ago, mate. Mm-hmm. Use your powers to find some a few other people. It was a mess. It was a mess. And then we have this lovely... There's there's two shots I like in the finale, and one of them is this. It's Sansa being appointed Queen of the North. 
and it's a very it's a very beautiful sentiment i mean i don't really agree with how they've they've wrote Sansa over the years and they've mm. openly said that they've created certain situations to show how strong she is or basically show how far she's come which it's basically male writing female which is yeah i can't touch it too much but she's appointed queen in the north which is lovely it was and my favorite scene in the whole like it, in the whole it really episode. was and just her whole face it just it just she's found a home and for someone that was so desperate to become a queen of the south i think it's very it's it's a nice full circle i yeah, personally for sure. agree for sure um i decides to go off and become dora the explorer <laughs> basically you know all that talent about switching faces and all that stuff well you know she didn't even end up using it did she so off she goes also she's basically a colonizer i mean she does say she's sailing the we- to west of westeros where the known world ends so she's like yeah she's a bit of a christopher columbus clearly she's going off to colonize basically basically <laughs> more slaves for <laughs> the other half to liberate so it's just an ongoing thing yeah um and then john goes to the wall and is reunited with torment and ghost and that's my second favorite scene of mm. the whole finale is him mm. being reunited with ghost um and then he leaves a group he basically takes the wildling refugees beyond the wall and a lot of people were confused by this but i don't think they realize that i don't think he was coming back he was going to be with the wildlings yeah yeah i know for sure yeah which would have been quite i don't know i suppose you grit dying had to happen but it would have been quite a nice satisfactory ending if Ygritte was out there Mm. but she wouldn't have been out there because obviously they had to escape because the night walkers anyway and then it ends it literally ends that's it how bad was that oh man I've never ever watched a TV show where I've been so unsatisfied by an ending like there's been things that I've watched that I've got to the end and thought that could have been done a lot better like The Good Wife for example mm. could have been done a lot better um, The OC they did the best they could One Tree Hill they did the best they could but then you've got shows like The Sopranos mm. Mad Men like these shows were epic shows and they yeah. took their time with the ending and like Sopranos they added on a couple of episodes. Mad Men, they split the last season into two sections. Like, they took the time to end things. Whereas with this, for some reason, they shortened it down to six episodes, but lengthened the amount of time. Yeah. But even then, you had two episodes at the beginning that seemed to just not go anywhere, and then four that just absolutely just jam-packed everything in. For me, personally... I felt that there should have been more time between the battle with the Nightwalkers and the battle with Cersei. Oh, for sure. That yeah. You could have easily ended the fifth episode at just when Danny was attacking King's Landing, and mm-hmm. then the next episode could have all been about that. Mm-hmm. And then you could have had more episodes. You could have, you could have had more. But there's so many things that have been unanswered. For example, the spiral formations at the yes. night, the night, the night king was doing that's never been explained i mean i said openly to you before and on the show that the night king's quick demise just felt a quite rushed considering Mm. that he was such a well-built character for this Mm -hmm. time the fact that you had these characters that were so big like cersei and like danny who had massive impacts in the show but then 
were killed in such unsatisfactory ways. Like Rob Stark died in a glorious way. Mm-hmm. Ned Stark died in a glorious way. Like even Petro Pascal had a, d- a better bloody death and he was hardly in the show. Robert Baratheon, uh, Joffrey, Tommen, Marguerite, like... Cersei's death pissed me off because it wasn't what she... When I say it wasn't what she deserved, I mean, I don't mean from the perspective of I wanted her to live because I think everyone knew Cersei was going to die, but she deserved, like, the most epic, like... Oh, it's just the best. Yeah, she and she didn't get it. She 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 got killed by some rocks. That if she'd moved ten fate to the right, she would have avoided. I mean, I was talking to my friend about this earlier, and she, Danny, got the death that she should have sort of had at the hands of Jamie. <laughs> well, I've, a lot of people thought that a big a big part of either Danny or Cersei's death would be Arya changing faces. Yeah, but it, that wasn't used at all during the sixth season. Um, when was it last used? Was it, was it with Littlefinger? I think it was. I, I feel like it was. Only with... Wait, hold on, no. I think I'm getting confused. Wasn't it... Wasn't it Walder Frey? It might have been. I think, yeah, I think it was Walder Frey, wasn't it? The um, caretaker from Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> It may have been, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people expected that oh, to happen. Sure. But, um, yeah, I was... Oh, I guess the last question we just need to ask ourselves was, who would we have preferred ending up on the Iron Throne? Well, the Iron Throne was destroyed, so, yeah. You know. Um, I feel like my mind always fluctuated. Like, I always... Sometimes I wanted Danny, sometimes I wanted John. But... I would have been happy, or I would have been happier, I think, had they have just given everything to Sansa, because I'm such a Sansa person. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it I was think, always, I think I always fluctuated between either Danny or, and, and John. Um, Danny could have worked out quite easily. I thought it, what, one aspect they could have taken was that Danny was going to become Queen of the Seven Kingdoms, sorry, Queen of the Six Kingdoms, yeah. and that John would rule the North. Mm. And along with Sansa, mm. and then Arya would, I don't know, be commander of war or something like that. Yeah. I did think that the Lannisters would survive in the aspect that they would, you know, work alongside the Targaryens. Mm. Um, but I didn't think they'd do Danny so wrong like that. But, I mean, she, I get that she was someone who wanted to liberate. I get that she was someone who wanted to free the world. But her, the amount of violence that was occurring... I don't know, it just it seemed to just go from zero to a hundred. Yeah. I never expected her to become the villain. I think that that part of writing was very poor because obviously Cersei was such a big villain for mm. I mean, When she went on the throne after Tom and died, so many people were mad. They were furious, absolutely yeah. furious. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just doesn't seem... I also thought she was going to get pregnant, but then obviously she can't get pregnant, but I thought maybe because it's Targaryen blood, she would get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, there's a there's a lot of storylines they could have done. What do you feel about these people petitioning to have the whole thing reshot? <laughs> I think they need to just, you know, write fanfic like normal people. 
I know. How ridiculous is that? Mm, I know. That's like me saying I'm not happy with the 2006 Champions League final, so I'd like you to replay the game. <laughs> On it, like if if you're really going to come out in numbers to protest and write and sign a petition for something, can you at least let it be for a good cause? For a good cause. Where are you people when people are talking about the abortion changes right. and things like that? But a fucking TV show and you want to sign a petition because mm. you're not happy with it. Mm. It's ridiculous. There's so many TV shows out there that do stupid things that people are not happy with you just stop watching and yeah. luckily for you the show's over so you don't yeah. have to watch it anymore but and I mean, it's literally fiction it is literally fiction i, I mean if it was based, if this was the crown I, and like <laughs> elizabeth shot philip and diana <laughs> survived charles and you know <sighs> prince harry was actually a girl then i totally understand the backlash <laughs> I totally get that. Like, it's, yeah, it's just a couple but, of dragons, you guys. It's fine. You know, come on, you got the books. Yeah. So and the last one hasn't even been written yet. Like, I don't exactly. know—is it going to follow the same thing? Is it not? Write to bloody George R. Martin and be like, "This is how I think you should be." I mean, fanfic's been going on for years. It's fanfic for bloody everything. I know. I mean, bloody it's Fifty Shades of Grey was based on a fanfic because people weren't happy with Twilight, and look what happened there. So basically, what you've learned is that if you're not happy with Game of Thrones, write the fanfic and you could get picked up the same way Fifty Shades of Grey was picked up. Just go and do it. I just can't even picture what that would be. <laughs> I literally can't even picture what that would be. But what I have done today is I did some reading. Some A lot of people have wrote some really interesting articles about things that the... Is it David and David? Yeah. The writers D&D. have done throughout the years. And I'm... Obviously, I always knew the show was not great to women. It's been, I mean, I don't think there's ever been a female director... There hasn't been a female writer in a very, very, very long time. Mm. But there are some things that happen on that set that are very, very questionable. Oh. And I would... I'll send you the link. I'll send it to Scott. Um, yeah, very, very questionable. So I would read it. Apparently, George R. R. Martin doesn't even... I don't know why I went Martin. <laughs> he doesn't even speak to the writers anymore. Oh. He hasn't spoke to them for two years, apparently. Well... So That's I'll send telling. you the link yeah, um, about the link. that. But yeah, it's it's over now. We have our Monday nights back and Big Little Lies is back soon. Big Little Lies is back. Yeah, um, 10th of June, I believe. I'm plugging Tuka and Bertie to everyone I possibly can. Good shout. Please go and watch Tuka and Bertie. It's so fun. If you like Bojack Horseman... No, actually, it's not like Bojack Horseman. It's by the same um, people behind Bojack Horseman. It's very different. Um... But I was going to say, go is it, it set in the same, like, universe? Not that I'm aware of. Um, like, I, I wasn't I sure whether there was going to be a crossover. No, it's, like, set in this... It's, like, it's set in, like, a bird land. I don't know what it's called. They're all birds. Um, <laughs> but go and watch it. And it's surprisingly poignant. Like, if you've watched it, you know what I'm talking about. There's that one moment when you, like, really feel the feel. Um, so, yeah, definitely watch Tukum Bertie. And it's Tiffany Haddish and Ali Wong. Like, what else do you want in life? And Stephen Young as well. And Stephen, yes. It's, it. Um, it, it took me a couple of episodes to get into it because I... I mean, I put it on because I thought, oh, this is great. This is like Bojack Horseman. Um, and then you watch it and you're like, no, this is so female-driven yeah. and so relevant and it's so on point. Um, I actually got really sad when I realised I got to the end of it. Um, but then I can just watch it again. Mm. Um, but it's really, really good. It's got a great, great voice cast. Tessa Thompson's in there as well and yes. Jane Lynch playing Jane Lynch 
and um, it's it's brilliant. So I definitely recommend it too. Just something light and airy, just to just watch like when you're feeling a bit down. And it's just got the. Just, I just adult cartoons. Mm. I don't know why. Like Big Mouth as well. I really enjoy yes. Big Mouth. Um, I don't know. It's just fun. So I definitely definitely recommend that. So if you're feeling a bit sour about Game of Thrones, get yourself on Netflix and watch Two Cut and Thirty. Good shout. By you. I'm just <laughs> backing you up on your shout. It's really good. Like a good hand of the queen would do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, we better wrap this up. So, yeah, it was good to talk to you again. Yeah, um, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to be back. And uh, we've got, yeah, well, some exciting things going on. Mm. We haven't. I don't know why I just said that. It's totally a lie. I have no Life idea what we're doing. Life is exciting. Life just is just... Just lying up my teeth. <laughs> a, bit like when, a bit like when HBO said that Game of Thrones season 8 was going to be the best one ever. Psych. 